Deezer Originals. Now. It's time for Strong and Stable. Strong and Stable, 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 Strong and Stable. Welcome to Extra Strong and Extra Stable, an extra bonus bumper, extra special edition, extra to our regular podcast, Strong and Stable. I'm gratuitously saying extra all the time here. We're here with guests Ian Dunt, Gronya Maguire and Dan Hodges and this week we're asking has social media made everything worse so if everyone can just put their phones down for a second can you just <laughs> just put your phones down please and answer this right thank you Dan you're an active social media user uh, it hasn't made everything worse I mean I have to be perfectly honest I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for social media I mean uh, certainly in terms of my column and engagement people my, my column I mean that, that you know in the columns I used to write that wouldn't have happened so actually a large number of your listeners may well agree that that does prove that social media is, has made things worse no I mean I, I you know I think social media is, is at its best it can be a wonderful it can be a wonderful ter- tool. It can be a wonderful affirming tool, actually, for, for all of us. Obviously, at its worst, it can be a, a very nasty and, and, and vicious place. But I mean, I think to be perfectly honest, we you know we we blame the medium. I mean, really, the medium is is, is ultimately a, you know a reflection of us all, I suppose. Gronia, are you a big fan of um, the socials? I think what we have to admit is that the majority of people are arseholes. We're not good people. Yeah, we start there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, exactly like Dan said, it's like in Stone Age times, people weren't going, oh, since cave walls came along, you know, society's <laughs> gone to pot. They well, may have been. <laughs> maybe. We never had hunting, you know. Pictures of naked bisons <laughs> on the wall. The state of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's, you know, that uh, Guy Jay's ring, you know, like what would we do if we were invisible? And we're just finding out if we were invisible, we would favourite porn tweets. Right. <laughs> That's what we found out. You know, it's just a different way of communicating. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it, it is, it has changed things in that, like, so in the 17th century, if a Scottish crofter was really annoyed with someone, he would have to, you know, pack his mule and cross streams and then get in a boat and, you know, to tell that person that he really didn't like them. Whereas now you just do it, do it like that. And it's sort of, it's made us be more aggressive quicker. Do you not think that there's, I mean, it's easier to be hateful. I, I just think, like, I envy, like, medieval serfs never had to feel they were personally responsible for the Hundred Years' War. You're saying bring back slavery. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like nowadays, I feel like, because I haven't signed the right petition, it's my fault, you know, that, you know, there's going to be strikes in Syria or whatever. So I I just think it's it's, it's exciting. It's, like, good and bad. You know, it's brilliant. I feel like um, as a woman online, you get to, there's a lot of solidarity and you get to hear, like, amazing opinions and amazing point of views. And it's a great platform from hearing, about people, uh, people from different walks of life, what they think about things that you'd never hear, and I think that outweighs the bad. Ian, that, that just right. I've, I've had those stories too. It was, you know, women who basically went for jobs they don't think they would have otherwise gone for because there was that kind of support network online said, "No, you can do this." Women that broke away from sort of unhealthy scenarios because of that sort of situation. I definitely have experienced that, and I know, sort of from my from my own experience, it basically replicates that thing you have. You know, when you have like a shitty office job. And the only thing that gets you up on like a Tuesday morning is the fact that Jeff across the desk from you is really funny. And you know that you get to chat with Jeff and that's the thing that gets you through it. And I have those guys on Twitter and sometimes that's DMs and sometimes that's just chatting. And those are people that actually make each day in that tiny way a little bit better and more pleasant. 
<laughs> and then there's the other side, yeah. which is that I usually pick up my phone and there's an awful lot of people telling me that my name sounds like cunt. <laughs> so, you know, like, there's, it's the swings and roundabouts, really. <laughs> something no. that had never happened at school to you, I'm sure. <laughs> no, as you no, can imagine. I never it thought of that. Never came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you um, engage, like, uh, I mean, those of us who are politically uh, engaged on, on like Twitter especially, do you feel that you're stuck in an echo chamber? Or you, I mean, do you have lots of arguments? Dan, you're quite, uh, you'll, you'll get in there, won't you? Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, because that's why I think that I think that that's where it, it's, it's best. I mean, I do try. I mean, obviously, sometimes I'm I'm accused of sort of inf- you know, pouring pouring petrol on the flames, but I do try and engage primarily actually people with dis- who disagree with me because otherwise I just don't see what the point of the point of the medium is. I think what I have noticed is I, it, I do think it is becoming harder to do that though now. I mean, maybe I'm just looking back at sort of Twitter in sort of rose tinted spectacles, but I do think. Um, the nature of debates, I mean, we were talking about, obviously, Corbynism, and you were talking about the nature of Jeremy Corbyn supporters. There is absolutely no point in engaging with a large number of Jeremy Corbyn supporters because it, it is there is a cultist um, element to that. And, and that, as much as anything, it's not just the abuse, it's just boring. And I, I've actually become much more sort of aggressive in a sense in terms of blocking people and immediately people go oh, why, why it wasn't abusive no you weren't abusive you were just boring and there's no point me engaging with you and you're not interested in listening to what i've got to say really um and so that so there's no point so that that is harder but i do think as i said for the medium to work you do have to try and engage otherwise there's you know what's the point otherwise I, it is an echo chamber. i find that weird just as a, as a sidetrack here that that people who in their biogs on twitter put blocked by dame judy dench or whoever it is <laughs> yeah, like yeah, they yeah. wear the blocking as a badge of pride it's it's Kay burley blocked me on twitter oh wow and i don't know why I do not know why. I have such sadness in my eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that might be a clue. <laughs> that might be a clue. I went out for um, drinks the other day with uh, Philippe Coulet, the, the sort of football commentator, um, who came on the podcast. We went out for drinks afterwards. We were talking about what happens when you become sort of quite prominent. My, my colleague, Adam Bienkov, has this rule of Twitter, which is like the more followers you have, the more dreadful it becomes, which I think is, is a pretty solid rule, actually. And we were talking about that sort of thing. It was, I think it was in relation to Aaron Jones, but it could be anyone, really, where you just face a certain amount of abuse day by day by day. And then what happens to your personality? Like, you know, how do you respond to things? Do you develop such a thick skin that you sort of become almost sort of emotionally insane, you know? Or, yeah. or, or, or do you still stay engaged? And Philip said something that I thought was very beautiful. I mean, he's, he's got a thick French accent. And so when he started talking about D'Artagnan, I was like, I mean, come on, man, I can't take this shit seriously. <laughs> but nevertheless, he went through it. He said that there's this line, apparently, in the book where he says, I, he makes them look at it, an execution, I think, hanging or something. He says, I'm, I haven't brought you here to harden your heart. I've brought you to harden your eyes. And I think part of that Twitter thing is that sort of thing of like, how do you make sure that you, you, you don't become emotionally too disconnected from things because you're having that contact with what can often be very abusive content, but that you're still able to do it and remain, you know, to some extent sort of objective in your judgments and detached and not just take judgments because you really dislike someone or because you really like them on there. And all of that is a new thing that it's doing to us as people psychologically. This technology is shifting us, making us behave in these strange ways. And we're in that really early stage of sort of, you know, fitting into that. New glove. Mm. Does, I, oh, sorry. Go on, go on. No, just I just I think 
I personally no longer have arguments with people on Twitter because I realise nobody had ever changed my opinion about anything on Twitter. <laughs> and I don't even think that's what it's really there for. I think, so I did this uh, Repeal the Eighth campaign on Twitter where I live tweeted my periods to the uh, <laughs> Irish Taoiseach. <laughs> I mean, this is what the internet was for. How did we survive before people were able to live tweet their periods to the... And they didn't block you, did they? No, they didn't block you. no. <laughs> what do you mean live tweeted? There was just, I am on my period. You're just thing. general vagina admin. Just okay. every day. <laughs> <laughs> vagina admin are one of my favourite bands, by the way. <laughs> and what happened was, it kind of it became this uh, thing that, so hundreds of women all across Ireland started live tweeting their periods. And then women around the world all started live tweeting Enda Kenny, their periods. And it, do you know what? I got I got no, very very little abuse, very very little abuse. I got so much solidarity and just like it was like a mischievous joke we were all in. And I think that's what Twitter is brilliant at, sort of bringing people together that you would never normally meet from all over the world, just connected by a hashtag. I think it's fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. Do you think though it has contributed to um, the sort of echo chambers that we tend to live in? That has contributed to the, like to the extremes, whether it's whether you think extreme right, extreme left, like that we all listen to ourselves and it become more and more extreme and reassure ourselves. That's the other side of that community that you're talking about. But so but if, if you're getting your news from Twitter, you're an idiot. Like I just think it's changing maybe what, what we're using it for. Where else do you get your news from? I, 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 I do, I do detect, I think there is one danger at the moment, which is a lot of people who I would loosely call fairly moderate Twitter users, and by moderate I don't mean volume, I mean in terms of the positions that they adopt and people on the soft left, people on the soft right. A lot of them, and in particular mainstream journalistic colleagues, a lot of them are now starting to say to me, I thought X, Y and Z, but I didn't... I, I couldn't be bothered. I didn't tweet it mm. because I couldn't be bothered with what was what was coming mm, back. Yeah. And I've noticed myself, there have been recently there have been a couple of times when I've seen stuff and I've thought, I'm going to express this opinion and then I thought, actually, you know what? I can't be bothered and life's too short. Now, in a lot of ways, life is too short and I think, you know, one of the things I am learning to do is be slightly uh, uh, less, less engaged in, in, in Twitter because otherwise you could spend your whole time doing it. But I do also think there is a danger that... That, that self-censorship is starting to become a process and it is mm. becoming a medium where, the, the, unless we're careful, it is only going to be those who shout uh, uh, most loud and shout most aggressively, actually. Great, I'm going to make sure that's me. Uh, <laughs> OK, uh, thanks very much. Uh, time to wrap this up. Just to say we'll be putting a tweet out after the show about this, asking, has social media made everything worse by oversimplifying things? Just retweet for yes or favourite for no. Uh, you've been listening to Extra Strong and Extra Stable, an extra nugget from the weekly podcast Strong and Stable, exclusively for Deezer users. And I've, I've seen my script, I've written brackets, end joke, question mark brackets, <laughs> but forgot to put one in. There you go. Uh, so if you could supply your own joke, there, that'd be great. Uh, listen out for the next one on Monday and the next episode of Strong and Stable on Friday. Thank you and goodbye. That was Strong and Stable. We'll catch you next time. Please subscribe. Deezer. Deezer. Originals. <laughs>